0: Welcome back to the Sip and Feast podcast, episode number 30, The Big 3-0. Today we're going to be talking about the best food trends, more realistically, the worst trends of 2023. Right, Tara?
1: We'll probably err on the side of thinking that these trends are not good, but I know there are a few that I did like. Yeah, and- So best and worst is a good way to summarize it. It's going to be
0: best and worst. Hopefully we'll get an even distribution, but- You know, whether you're a half-full, half-empty person, that'll be either good or bad for you. But before we get into that, let's actually talk some good right now. Mm -hmm. Right, Tara? Yeah. Okay.
1: We're not recording this on Christmas morning, but this podcast will be uploaded on Christmas morning because we like to stick to our Monday schedule. So if you are, in fact, choosing to listen to us on the morning of December the 25th, We thank you for choosing to spend your Christmas morning with us. We hope you're doing something fun and cozy and enjoying time with loved ones. We want to say that we're really thankful for all of you for following along with us through the entire Sip and Feast journey, but, you know, specifically the podcast audience. Yeah,
0: I I think so, because, you know, you might be one of those people that, isn't too interested in the cooking videos, but you really like the podcast. So if that's you, thank you for being here from the beginning or close to the beginning. It's been, uh, yeah, about, well, it's 30 episodes. So that that's a little bit more than half a year. I actually really like doing these podcasts. I, in, in the beginning when we started, I thought it was, you know, a little bit Maybe overwhelming, and as you can see, there's still no background here. (laughs) But yeah, it looks nice. I mean, I guess I could put a green screen there or whatnot. We've been talking about a logo for a while, and we're going to get this all set up, make it look real, real professional. But you know, more of you are listening on just through audio anyway, so that doesn't really make a difference. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, yeah.
0: And we want to just thank you again for for being here, for tuning in each week. Your time is valuable. You giving us 30, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, some of these episodes. God, we had a few episodes that were an hour and 10 minutes. You devoting that much time to listening to our podcast is something that we are very grateful for.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking that I feel like the podcast has been one of the best ways that we've actually been able to form relationships with our audience. I I know that Patreon is, is one way that you have yeah you have some relationships. But for me, um, since I'm the one that's getting all the emails for the podcast, that's right. I feel like we have our regulars yep. that send us emails, and I look forward to them every week. Because whether they're funny or just warm, or maybe you're sharing a little bit about your family with me on a weekly basis, I love it. Like, I love kind of building these these more intimate, personal, intimate yeah intimate more personal relationships with you and getting to understand you and our audience a little bit better. So, thank you.
0: Yes, thank you and Tara said it better than I could, which is normally the case. Tara continue to say it better than me and take us right into the beginning of this one.
1: We found an article that we thought was was interesting. It was actually from Tasting Table and they identified different food trends that are to be left behind, I guess, in 2023. So that prompted us to kind of say, all right, well, let's talk about some of the food trends that they've identified and other food trends that are also- Yeah, we'll add a couple to the list, but we wanna give
0: credit where credit is due. And I will give you a little secret on all podcasters, all podcasters, especially- um, I guess since I've been doing this for a while, I understand how the game is played now. They Anybody who does social commentary on news, they are just pulling the news headlines from Drudge Report or CNN. Well, the AP Newswire. I mean, that's where it's
1: originating. But it's,
0: it's less from AP. They're trying to get ones that are like flamboyant ha- headlines, and then they're pontificating on them. Yeah. And that's just how it's done. And a lot of times they're not telling you, oh, I'm pulling, you know, I'm reacting one by one to the Drudge Report. We are reacting to this Tasting Table article, and we will link it, okay? We didn't include, we're not including verbatim. We're just using their individual topics, and then we'll talk about it ourselves. Yeah, and then there's a few that
1: they didn't have that I've got here, and we are going to make our own predictions. We're going to take out our crystal balls. Yeah, I'm going to make my prediction for 2024, and you're going to make yours.
0: Yeah, well, so let's do it. Let's get into it. So these aren't in any particular order, right, Tower?
1: That's right. And again, this is from the article and tasting table that's titled "Food Trends to Leave Behind 2023." Okay, the first one, and I'm going to be honest here. I think a lot of these trends originate from TikTok, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, even beyond that, it's. I'm not the most fluent. In the trendy things going on, I'm not so either. I don't. Yeah. I some of these I didn't know about, so yeah. I'm just going to say well, it that I, I way. I question
0: how how popular they really are, too. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, one can easily be misled by the supposed popularity of a trend when it's trending on TikTok. Remember, things trend on TikTok for anywhere from a week, a few days mm-hmm. to an hour or two. You know, things move quickly.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. First up eating organ meat which was popularized by the Liver King.
0: Yeah, so the Liver King, if you don't know who this guy is, captivated the world in I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was just 2023. Definitely he was popular in 2022 and you know, you might not know who I'm talking about if you're not on TikTok. Though I think he's very popular on Instagram too. He's this guy, I don't know his name. Sorry. And he has he's super tan at all times and he eats supposedly was eating all liver meats, organ meats, uh all raw. Oh so he kinda was outed. Animal
1: livers. Yeah, he's not a, not a not he's not livers. a Hannibal. Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't eating with some fava beans and a yeah. nice. So he was candy. kinda
0: he was kinda outed in the sense that he was not just eating that type of food, he was eating other food. He's supposedly he was taking a lot of anabolic steroids, and it was just, like, no kidding, you know? I mean, the guy's, like, older than me, and he looks like he's got the body of a professional bodybuilder. And people older than me are no longer professional bodybuilders because you can't have that much muscle on your body. But, yeah, he sells all these supplements and he took over the world. And uh, yeah, I hope that tasting table is correct that the eating of raw organ meats.
1: Pop- oh, he was eating them raw.
0: Yeah. A lot of, I mean, a lot of the pictures on Instagram were him taking the raw meat and like going like this. Oh yeah. I mean, like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I just,
1: know, that can't be, that
0: can- I'm just going to look, I'm going to show you right now, you know, like I didn't not- realize it was raw. Oh yeah, okay. So Liver King, 2.3 million followers on Instagram. This guy's an Adonis.
1: He's an Adonis. Oh <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna eat that
0: or, oh, or no. if he's gonna put it on the grill.
1: No, please. He's got his
0: kids in, in the videos I, too.
1: I, I can't turn it off. I mean, How I mean, old like, is he?
0: Oh man, he's born in nineteen seventy six or seventy seven. So he's older only a year than us. He's only one or two years older than than me. Oh man, I'm feeling old, but no more time to be spent on the liver king, and I, you know, Tara, I'm I'm probably not reading the room wrong. I
1: I don't think most of our audience knows. I who think the guy I need is. some anti-nausea medication <laughs> because seeing that just made me feel ill. All right, on to the next cooking on the counter. So there's a trend of preparing meals and like slopping them all on the on your counter so that people could eat almost like animals eating from a trough. So what do you think of this? Because
0: it's not just that. Wasn't it more about just like how TikTokers and influencers prepare how they cook food for the audience?
1: No, my understanding is that it's a little bit more than that.
0: Okay. Explain, explain this one, Tara. What does this mean?
1: All right. I'm just going to read this from the article. It's basically people preparing meals directly on their kitchen counters. They will dump pasta onto the granite, pour over sauce. Some even light it on fire, toss in an assortment of cheeses and who knows what else. We're pretty sure some people just blindly grab at anything in their cabinets and pour it onto this monstrosity, then mix it up and serve.
0: Yeah. So this is definitely- So I, it's
1: like not using a plate. Yeah. Like you have people over your house for a dinner party yes. and you're just throwing a bunch of crap on your yeah. kitchen so, counter. I, w- I wouldn't want to eat off of someone's counter. Definitely not a
0: fan of that. Uh, I think it's, you know, again, I'm maybe I'm dating myself with my age here. Maybe some, you're listening to me and you're- 25. And you're like, Jim, Jim, come on. That's how we do it. Um, No, I think it's just kind of silly. Now, I thought when I was originally looking at that one, that it was more about the trend of just TikTokers or YouTube chefs preparing food, looking at the camera, kind of how I do. You know, I have the little burner in front of me.
1: According to the Tasting Table article, it's not that. It's different. It's literally preparing it on your counter.
0: Let me go on a little tangent here then. Now, the, what Tara's describing, I think I think that's obviously ridiculous, and I think most sane people would, would agree with me there. I mean, it's just not sanitary. It's just a simple way to get every germ that every single other person at your dinner party has mm-hmm. at one time. I mean, in fact, it's unavoidable under in those circumstances. Yeah. So when I make the cooking videos, when I first started, I used to kind of, I wanted the camera to be on the... Burner like I use a portable burner, and I wanted to be on the pan like close up and the food when I was like cutting it, and I would like tilt my head all the way in, and I looked ridiculous. And a lot of YouTubers still do this, and pretty much every TikToker, it's an Instagram person. It's like you have to be a you're a card carrying member of the I bend down and look into the camera society if you make videos for those platforms. But I got away from that probably two years ago, Tara, mm-hmm. I would say. Thank God. We were getting you, a lot of complaints you get about
1: a it. A lot of people, even if we share an old video now, people will be like, why are you bending down? You look, you look ridiculous. That's not good for your back or anything like that. And I agree. I I don't understand.
0: Yeah, we still do get the complaints from the old videos. And mm-hmm. I always say, oh, well, I'll you know take my DeLorean back three years ago and, and yeah. te- tell myself. Yeah. But no, it looks ridiculous. And I think as you get more professional maybe uh, of the how you want to create content to mm-hmm. people I, I think though the the reason it's popular on instagram tiktok is it's very intimate with the audience you know they like they always start the tiktok or the reel and they'll shove the food in their mouth and they're like nostrils and teeth yeah, are like I don't, into the screen i don't
1: want to be that intimate with with anybody maybe except for you cuz you're my husband <laughs> but i don't really want to see the up close and personal view of somebody's mouth and nose hairs and them shoving food into their mouth it kind of just
0: yeah i'm not a fan I, of it i don't i don't like it i'm not a fan of it i just think it looks unprofessional and the other thing is I'm not a fan of the thumbnails that have people eating stuff like shoving food in their mouth and yeah. that is another very popular trend it is on popular YouTube. yeah I, I just I just yeah. can't do it I I think it's my age I you're an the old liver king is doing much sillier stuff than anybody you're and He's an older old, than me.
1: you're an old curmudgeon
0: I am Grumpy, I gotta, I gotta talk men. to liver king
1: yeah how do I get young like you sir let's move on <laughs> to the next one okay The next one is restaurant service charges. So I want to talk about tipping culture, but I also want to say that the restaurant service charges, they're not just for tips anymore. You'll be charged a fee, like what's called a service fee, if you're late for a reservation, even just like 15 minutes late. Um, Oh, yeah, I heard
0: of those. Yeah,
1: and the other thing is that you... In most cases would assume that something that's deemed a service fee would go to the staff, but that's not always true. It, um, in New York state, the service fee has to go to the staff, but in other states, like Cal- California and Florida are an example, the charge can go anywhere and often goes back to the owner of the establishment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the service charge culture. Now I get it. Things are expensive and they're getting worse day by day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you follow financial news and you say, Jim, you're wrong. The CPI is trending down. Look at it year over year or even look at it, zoom out to a couple year period. You know, you might have ebbs and flows, but the overall trend of this stuff is just, it's getting worse. And I think a big way to like recoup some of your costs by whether you're a business restaurant is to add those surcharges on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they just nail you. We were ordering food the other night, Heroes. And we were going to do a whole episode on this, but I'll just, I know I'm kind of veering here a little bit. It's DoorDash or Postmates or one of those companies. They're all the same. They're all the same. They bring no differentiation or intellectual property to the table. It's all the same technology. And it's just, there's like 10 of them competing right now for your business. But you can say, have a sandwich or whatever that's $16, you go on their site and it will automatically become $19, yeah. the same sandwich. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, there's also a delivery fee on top mm-hmm. of on, on And then top of you're, it. you're supposed to tip. And also. then you're supposed to tip. When you get down to it, $60 worth of food by ordering it through them will turn into 90 Yeah and i heard that the owners are not really making out in this it's just yeah i believe the delivery companies they're
1: yeah the delivery once you start using a delivery company like an uber eats i believe they have a say and what you charge for items on your menu? Yeah, they're like the mafia. Yeah. they
0: like they come in and they never never let go of your business. Yeah,
1: but I agree. I think you know the service fees and even you know t- what you I guess what people are calling tipping culture is kind of getting a little out of hand. The one thing that I will say that I do always tip for is a barista, and obviously for servers in a restaurant well, when somebody well, is serving no, you. No, I but
0: we, I consider myself a great tipper. Mm-hmm. I will often tip up to 40%, sometimes 50%, Mm -hmm. okay? We'll go to a place over here, uh, it's like a local bar, and it will be, we'll get burgers or whatever. We'll end up giving leaving like a $30 or $40 tip on like a $50 bill. And it's just, I often do this, like, it's fine. You know, the person's spending the same amount of time. My problem was always with the... And maybe you have a problem with me tipping that much. That's fine. You know, we can agree to disagree. My problem was always with the going to get food as a pickup order. Right. And then that's the screen, you're being asked you know that to screen tip. they turn yes. towards you and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, 15%, 20%, 30%. I'm like, I'm just yeah. getting takeout here. The whole reason yeah. I drove to you
1: was well, so that you didn't have to so tip. So I
0: didn't have to tip. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so I didn't have to get the fee. It's just, you know, that person behind the counter, the worker there, is being paid. Not a waiter wage, a waiter bartender's wages by law are allowed to be less than the minimum wage
1: mm-hmm.
0: not not the other person though, mm-hmm. so that's right, you know, maybe you're saying Jim, Jim, you're being cheap, I don't know, or maybe you're saying Jim, you're being too generous,
1: all right, the next one I'm not familiar with this. It's a trend of putting caviar on everything, and it's being likened to the the trend of putting avocado on on everything.
0: Well, avocado was one of the worst travesties to ever be put on <sighs> the food community, and it hasn't let go. I it's love like, avocado. It's like you know, holding on by you know grim death, holding on. But it is weakening. You can actually look at the overall avocado shipment supply on the planet; it's declining, but it's held much firmer than other food trends like quinoa and. Never like acai berry Remember when yeah, all those places were open up, right. but no avocado. Yeah, was a bad one. I don't think that caviar is anywhere near that. I've never we never go even to some fancy this. restaurants. I would say, and I haven't really had any yeah. experience with overloads of caviar. Who's, maybe we're who, going to the wrong
1: places? Who can afford to put caviar on everything? Caviar is expensive.
0: We did have it at the sushi, local sushi place. That's, he that's he, he put it on a couple pieces of sushi. That's different. And I thought that was a really nice, nice touch. It was,
1: but that. I I think they're putting caviar on everything, like like avocado toast. They're putting you caviar know what it is? on.
0: One must not misconstrue or overgeneralize what is happening in the city with what's happening in the rest of the country. That's true. This article is probably written by a little uh, city city person, probably under thirty, and is probably has the perspective of that everything is like how it is where they are and or maybe they're maybe they're from brooklyn you know but brooklyn is probably more accurate um i don't know maybe the writer is like 60 years
1: old okay the next one is restaurant qr menus so where you go to a restaurant and you have to take out your phone scan a qr code in order to access the menu
0: it's good when it's done well most of the time the implement implementation is downright horrible especially if the restaurant doesn't have good service. You know, yeah. sometimes you go to a place and you don't have good service. It's just- and on
1: good service on your phone. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, on Internet your phone. Internet service.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to create a solution to a problem that never existed.
1: I think this came up because of COVID. Yeah, it makes sense And not there. wanting to share menus. But I don't know. I still, I feel like it's even worse. Like you're scanning it with your phone. And then if you're with a group of people and- Let's say, like if we were to if we were to go with our parents, I would probably scan the code for them and then pass them my phone. Isn't it more unsanitary to pass a phone around? Because
0: you're saying your parents, our parents wouldn't be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think really a lot of these tech solutions, they kind of fail right around the age we are we're at. The reason that we're reasonably, you know, able to navigate this stuff is because this is what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, we we create content. Where the cameraman, the video editor, the audio editor, the website developer, the website engineer, and uh, even still with all that, it still is overwhelming. And yeah, I just don't think, I think it's a problem that doesn't, it didn't need solving. You know, maybe in that short period of time, but uh, call me old-fashioned, I like menus.
1: Also, I notice a lot of times if you do get a QR menu, you don't have access to their specials. Well, it's that's like just, that's not included. That's,
0: that's the problem of the management there. They mm-hmm. probably don't have anybody, again, who's keeping that up Savvy. to date. Yep. What I like the best, the simplest thing, and a lot of restaurants, there's one restaurant that we go to that's really good, just do a little paper printout. Mm-hmm. Throw the paper out at the end of the yeah. night, you know, it need especially to be if, if you're fancy. changing your menu often.
1: The next one is upcharging for bone broth. That's ridiculous. Bone broth
0: is just stock anyway. I mean, what are you going to say? Oh, no, Jim, it's technically bone broth when it's been you know, uh, cooked for longer than 10 hours. When is it become bone broth and stop being stock, Tara?
1: Don't the bones for bone broth need to be roasted and then used? That's how stocks are always made. You should always so, make a stock that wh- way. So what's the difference?
0: It's when the hipster says so. Oh,
1: That's okay. It.
0: No, I don't know. I mean, I would say technically I would think... I would call it a bone broth, I guess, if it's gone 24 hours. Okay. But, you know, a stock is you're taking meaty bones and you're extracting the flavor, you know, the gelatin, everything from those bones. And that does not need to, it doesn't start happening at, say, the 10-hour mark. It's already happening. Mm -hmm. It's leaching from it. It's coming out of it. Versus when you make a broth you're not really getting too much from the bones because you're doing your broth in about two or three hours. You know, like when you do a whole chicken, yeah, you get yeah. chicken broth from it. Like when you're making chicken soup.
1: All right, the next thing, and this, I feel like this one is similar to the preparing your food on the counter, but these are something called butter boards. And I have heard of these. So it's like similar to a charcuterie board, in the sense that it uses a cutting board. But what you're doing is you're taking a cutting board and you're smearing it with different types of butter. Anything else on it? Maybe there? like herbs and like maybe some like sliced onions
0: or something. So that's, the whole, that's something. the whole meal
1: though? No, it's like an appetizer. Oh. So you're smearing the board with different types of butter or even cream cheese or whatever. And then you're serving it with bread and your guests are supposed to just take like rip a piece of bread and smear it into the butter board i guess that could work i mean seems like
0: a solution to a problem that never existed if you take a nice warmed up herb butter you put it in a bowl Mm -hmm. everybody has their own spreader people can then put it on their bread
1: it reminded me of dip almost but instead of like a
0: dip it's Butter. I, I don't want to, I mean, I know I'm coming off as this curmudgeon and Tara's looking at me the whole time. Like she's like, you know, I, I, I think somebody my age has a tendency to, and then, you know, older than me has a tendency to say everything that's being developed by a millennial or a Gen Z person is you know, stupid if it's on TikTok. Well, the
1: person that wrote this article said these are the trends to leave behind.
0: Yeah. And okay, so then I then I agree with her. And again, but I think it speaks more to maybe the places that we go to that we haven't even encountered a butterboard.
1: I think it's I don't know if it's something you'd get in a restaurant. I think it's maybe something you have when you go to somebody's house.
0: So probably popular on TikTok or Instagram. again. Probably. I mean, if my mom tells me she's making a butterboard for uh (laughs) your mom for for christmas i'm gonna be worried
1: didn't your mom make the feta cheese tomato thing that went viral
0: she told me she's like i heard of this no it was i think it was my aunt she's like this i heard of this tomato feta
1: yeah she was like jimmy you need to make it for the for the website yeah she
0: told me i need to make it i was like oh god (laughs) oh god hey i made french onion meatballs last week
1: those were good
0: yeah I've never mention I don't even ever want to mention TikTok in a cooking video yeah, again. No, and don't. people were just like, What are you doing, Jim? And you know what? They were right.
1: You weren't you didn't say like, I love TikTok and I got this idea. No, you said it was trend something that was trending on TikTok. Moving on, twenty dollar burgers. Fancy burgers that cost too much.
0: First of all, this is probably dated because twenty dollar burger, I mean Pretty much every place out here, it's anywhere from sixteen to twenty dollars for a burger. Mm-hmm. That bar I was just talking about, which is kind of a dive bar, that we you know leave a nice tip. The burgers they have about four burgers on the menu, and they're about sixteen to yeah. twenty. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think
1: they're also talking about like the fancier burgers, like a burgerology type place. Yeah, I mean,
0: I said it in the steak au poivre video. <laughs> As we were eating it, I said I bought four New York strips from Costco and all four of those strips was $60. Do you remember how much per pound they were at Costco, those prime strips? No, I don't. Anyway, they were a good price. And I made the point that I could have used all four of those steaks with cognac, making that dinner and with like a side of potatoes or spinach or whatever. And it would have been less than people drop at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, a $20 burger at some of these other places, I mean, you know, look,
1: it's not cheap at McDonald's. You know where the cheapest place to get a burger is? Where? It's in Port Jefferson, which is a town oh, in Long that Island. Place. Yeah. And it's called Taras. <laughs> great name. And it's just an Irish dive bar it that now that and is it's a dive two dollars for a burger that's and i think if you get bar. cheese on it it's four dollars
0: yeah that's reminded me the burgers reminded me of like the high school cafeteria
1: yeah but in a good way yeah not in a bad way
0: yeah so if you live out in the suffolk area around stony brook visit tara in port jeff and you will get they have a board put up and, yeah, they tell you the extra cost of everything on your burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, look, a burger being $16, 18 $20, if you get fries with it and you get, you know, you're, you're full. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of other things to complain about in the food industry and what's going on than an $18 burger. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going.
1: Okay. This one, I don't think this one was on... This wasn't in the article, but it is a trend, so I wanna get your thoughts on it. Pasta chips. So you would cook pasta, then you would toss it with some olive oil, and then you would put it in the air fryer and make them crispy and chip-like. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's stupid. I do. Why would I wanna do that? I'll just eat regular chips. I think that was popular more than a year ago on TikTok. I remember some YouTubers tried to like. They try to capitalize on it and make their own videos. I don't really do that. I know I did the French on onion meatballs, but that wasn't really about that. Yeah. Not a fan. I mean, I. Don't, I mean, what do you do? You dip it in marinara sauce, I guess.
1: I yeah, like any anything.
0: I always am reluctant. You could dip
1: it in dip, like a feta. I saw somebody did it with like a creamy feta dip. I I mean it's.
0: It's fine to do some of that stuff. I always like to stick to the classics and do the things that are tested, try, like tried and true, tested. Just read an article the other day, like the Instapot is plummeting in sales, like plummeting, okay? And because the the issue with it from a business perspective from the company is people do not buy more than one of them. So it, small appliances like that is a really tough game to be in because you sell a product that you don't want to engineer to break for the customer, that's it. They're good. They're good. They're good forever. And they can't, what do they do? What other features do they add in there to get somebody to upgrade on it? But it's more that people, the recipe uh, community who does recipes, Mm -hmm. they don't want those anymore. The Google trends, the words are plummeting, all that. So, I mean, we still got one. We, We use it for rice, but Again, why am I talking about that? It's talking about this. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. have a pasta chip on 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 our website. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I mean, I want to try to keep things to kind of those tried and true classics. Call me old-fashioned.
1: All right. The next one is the trend of expensive everything.
0: <laughs> expensive everything. Yeah, I mean, this trend isn't going away at all. I mean, you know. You Groceries.
1: That is not just food and restaurants. This is groceries and, and everything.
0: The biggest problem, and again, this isn't an economics podcast, you know, but the biggest problem is just, it's called like the expectations of employees. So employers are the last thing they will do. They will change the size of the can. Okay. What's that called tower When they change the size of the can and sell it for the same price.
1: No, it's not deflation. What so is
0: an it? S. Stagflation? Shrinkflation.
1: Shrinkflation.
0: So you have 16-ounce beans. Five years ago, everything came, out, came in a 16-ounce can. Mm-hmm. Then it went to a 15-ounce. Then it went to like a 14.2. Now you'll see some cans that are like a 13.5. Mm-hmm. That's an easy one for them to do. Dorito bag, same thing. Make it smaller. Mm-hmm. But the one that they really don't want to do is to increase wages. Because once they do that, you cannot lower wages for your employees. Yeah, it's impossible true. to do this. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard. When you're selling product, anything, you can just, you know, supply and demand, you can just move it. But with with that, you know, employment, all that, and you know, you have unions that negotiate stuff for people. But no, this thing isn't this thing is not getting better. And I think it's concerning for the general population. I think an $18 burger is the least of people's worries. I think the bigger worry is going into the supermarket and just seeing the price of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could take a cart 10 years ago and fill it up with all the stuff and it would cost say $150. Today you do the same thing and it costs $550.
1: I feel like there's so many expensive trends too that for younger kids, like, and I'm talking about like high school, junior high school kids that it, when I think back to when we were kids, the one expensive trend that was around was the Z Haverici trend. And those were, I think they were like $75 for a pair of pants yeah. back then, which was expensive yeah. and still is in my opinion. But I'm noticing that there seems to be more and more like I was at James's basketball game the other day and the cheer team was there and they had all of their Stanley Tumblr cups lined up there. There must have been like 20 of them. And these Stanley cups are like $45. Yeah. So it seemed like every girl on the cheer team had one. But, and it's not just that. Like these cups are are everywhere. They're very popular with girls specifically like Sammy's age in Well, high that school. went viral.
0: One of them because it like the whole thing burnt on fire, a car and that thing survived.
1: Oh really? Is yeah. that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know that.
0: Yeah. And that like, okay. Gave further. So I,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, I get that it's a good product, but you know, when I was that age, there's no way my parents were buying anything like that for me. The other thing is a lot of girls that age now have like very expensive hundred dollar nails that they get done yeah. every two, three weeks. Um, the, the makeup and the skincare products that these girls are using. I also
0: noticed with the sneakers, will go in the outlet, I really have a limit. I will not spend more than $70 on a pair of sneakers from the Nike outlet, no matter what. I won't. I just won't. Maybe it's been ingrained to me from when I was young, but often I'll find a pair for $39. There's aisles go by price. So there's a couple aisles in the middle of that outlet that are each sneaker is $159 or more. Like, they go oh, they yeah. go into the twos, threes, and, you know, I, I see kids. They're, it's where all the kids are when we go in there. Yeah. They're all looking at those sneakers.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, aside from that, I mean, it can get, like, you know, you can find $1,000 sneakers on some of these apps, like StockX and yeah, Goat. You
0: do the best you can with your I just don't remember kids. it
1: being like that. Or maybe it's where I, like... It's
0: where you grew up. I grew
1: up in a more, I would say, blue-collar. yeah area. I did too. And I don't know yeah. if it's just, I, I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I think it's like all my friends, outrageous. Pa- all
0: my friends' parents either worked for the County, like well, you know, maybe a teacher, police officer, my dad was a police officer. Um, it, it would be rare for anybody to be like, yeah, my dad works at Goldman Sachs. If the dad worked at Goldman Sachs, he wouldn't be living in the town that I grew up in. They'd be living in a different town. And there were a few, few families like that, but I think everybody for the most part kind of had the same amount of income. Yeah. Now you see bigger disparities, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. A lot of this is driven by TikTok and yeah. the Kardashians and all that other stuff. That's true. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough for parents. that just they who truly don't have the ability, and it puts them in a really bad pickle of what they're going to do. Yeah, it, it's tough.
1: All right, one more trend that I wanted to mention, and this is a trend that I was particular particularly happy about is the non-alcoholic beverage trend. According to Drizzly's 2023 Consumer Trend Report, 50% of survey takers tried non-alcoholic beer, wine, or spirits to see if they like it. 39% turned to the category when drinking less. 31% turned to it when observing a healthier lifestyle. or And 35% when they cannot drink alcohol for a specific reason. So I have noticed that and this is not a knock on Oduls or some of the you know, original non-alcoholic beer, but there are a lot of companies that traditionally would make regular beer that you can get non-alcoholic versions. You can get non-alcoholic Guinness. You can get... Heineken. You can get Heineken non-alcoholic. Heineken Zero, I think it's called. Even some of the more like craft-type breweries, like Lagunitas... They have a non-alcoholic IPA. And then you have companies like Athletic Brewing Company where they just make non-alcoholic beer. And their beer is, f- non-alcoholic beer is fantastic. I would highly recommend it. You have other companies like Gia. Gia, they make a non-alcoholic aperitif. They did sponsor two of our YouTube videos. When we used
0: to do sponsors. we did sponsors. We don't do sponsors but, anymore.
1: Well, not for right now. That doesn't not mean it's right. not going to resume. Yeah, not for right at now. At some point, but we are taking a break from doing sponsors. But Gia is a product that I actually have purchased for myself since, um, since we did the sponsorship video for them, and I was really happy to see that Target now carries. Well, they were on, on Shark. Were they on Shark Tank? As they well? were. Yeah. they were. They were on Shark Tank. So, you know, it's there's more and more cropping up. There's more and more non-alcoholic. Um, spirits that are coming onto the market too, like Seedlip, Monday, yeah. different companies making these spirits, so you can actually make mocktails. And there's more restaurants that are offering. Yeah, I'm not these types of mixed drinks with non-alcoholic so spirits. Are so, they
0: saying this is the worst or best This I think no, this, this is
1: this good. Is, I. I wanted to see if it was a trend, so I just yeah. did some research, and it it did come up. According oh, this to Drizzly, wasn't, this, wasn't this was in, not on, this yeah. was not on the list, but this I, I felt like this was a trend, so I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. and And my hypothesis was correct.
0: You know what it is? People will part with a lot of money for alcohol, so you wonder how much. So, like, say you sell sell a twelve pack of beer. 12-pack of Heineken, and it costs, I don't know. What does what a 12-pack of Heineken cost? I don't even know anymore. What is it, $20? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, don't, I, I do drink an occasional beer, but I don't buy six or 12-packs of beer. It's been a long time since i I feel that. like
1: a six-pack is like ten ninety nine or something like that. So that's
0: why I was thinking a 12-pack right? would be around that much. Yeah. So I think people are much willing, more willing to part with $20 for, say, a 12-pack, when their perceived benefit is they're going to get drunk, I guess. And are they as willing to part with the same $20 for 12-pack of non-alcoholic beer? I, don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I do. What do you think? I mean, would you? I don't think it costs more for the business to make the beer with alcohol versus without. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly a labor equation. Yeah. And the labor is the same. But I might be wrong here.
1: I don't know. If you have tried any non-alcoholic beer that or spirits that I have not mentioned and you want to share, I'm all ears.
0: Yeah, Tyra was collecting them for a long time. She was (laughs) not like the bone collector for non-alcoholic beers. You know, there were so many of them. Yeah. I was like, this is taking up way too much room in the fridge because I had no interest in drinking a non-alcoholic beer. I just didn't.
1: That's okay. You don't have to. Yeah. I like them. Okay. Let's move on. Let's whip out our crystal balls and make predictions. We each get one prediction. So Jim, prediction for 2024 food trend. What is your prediction?
0: Okay. So my one prediction is that inflation is going to get worse, regardless of what you hear in the news media of it going down. They're going to say it's going down. You know, they're going to say it and just, you got to like zoom out here and home prices at an all time high Everything is at an all-time high. I know gas prices have come down. Once these big companies started making those changes with the food, they are not gonna start lowering prices again. All those changes, all that money now, even if their input costs go down, that's all gonna be gravy on their bottom line. They're not gonna they're not going to be like, oh, you know, now all these inputs cost less, let's lower the Doritos again. They're not going to do it. And I think this is gonna be a problem for a lot of families in America. And I think it is a big problem. So because of that projection of mine, I believe that more inexpensive food is going to continue to be on the rise. We've leaned into that the whole time since we've been making our YouTube cooking videos. We are more so me. I shouldn't say we. I am very much against the Wagyu beef movement, the Wagyu creators, all this stuff. Just just basically, they're just like, I. I, I believe that it's not good. I think that they're really... Making these videos, these flamboyant videos, making a huge amount of people feel jealous that they can't have that type of food. Basically, it's like, look at me, my life is great. I don't want to do that type of content. And you know, I just want to be honest here. We don't buy that type of food for ourselves when we're not making a video. We don't. We we do enjoy a nice steak. Like we do have gone to Ruth Chris, uh, two times in the last year, but. No, I. I'm, you're not going to see that stuff on our channel. You're what you are. What you are going to see is going to be more stuff that is affordable for the family, so that you can make a really good meal at a less than McDonald's price, which isn't too hard to do. Still, this the arbitrage is there. I can do it, mm-hmm. like I did with the steak. Oh, poivre. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and actually, I think in our next podcast episode. We are going to talk a little bit about some of the more budget-friendly foods because we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. And for many folks, one of their resolutions is often I'm going to try and be a little bit more budget-friendly when it comes to my diet or when it comes to this or that. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. So are you ready for my prediction? I am. Mine is a little bit more precise. Yours is broader, mine's a little more narrow, okay? Let's hear it. My prediction is that extra virgin olive oil is going to become a more popular fat that is used in foods that are maybe not so expected. I will give you an example. So I've been buying this ice cream, it's called Wild Good, and it's made with extra virgin olive oil instead of It's like a plant-based thing. And it's really good. Um, I don't know if you knew this. I just found this out today. Starbucks just recently released. It's called Oleato. And it's like instead of them putting like a creamer or something in it, although they are using, I think they are using like an oat milk in this one. It's made with partana olive oil. So that's the fact. So it's like, yeah. kind of like the bullet coffee, except instead of butter, they're using olive oil. That's my understanding. I, I've never tried it. I'm Man, actually- How did partana
0: swing I that? don't
1: know. But I am going to actually try that the next time I go to a Starbucks. So those are two food items I've noticed that are using extra virgin olive oil in a creative way. I- think that that trend could continue into 2024 and I that's going to be my prediction. I would love to see that happen. Extra virgin olive oil is a really good fat for me specifically. I have, you know, reasons that I For health reasons. I, I say. yeah, mm-hmm. for health reasons I I love extra virgin olive oil. It's one of the the fats that are safe for for me to use frequently. I can you know basically there's like a, use as much as I want.
0: You know there's an oil free movement, right? Like I see that- I have heard of that. So speaking of trends that I hope die on Instagram, yeah. that will be one of them. I I see that there are people who, so they, they're already like vegan or vegetarian, mm-hmm. but in addition to that, they're oil-free. So if you remove all oils, then you have no fats. The only way to get fats then at that point is with nuts, I would assume, and like avocados.
1: Yeah, and olives, right?
0: Yeah, but they're not using any oil for their food. So, so they have they, to just consume. So, like, say, like, when is, you roast it in the oven, it's roast with, what? Well, your sweet potatoes or whatever you're eating. Okay. Like, if you're making like a bowl of a bunch of vegetables and with like brown rice and yeah. whatever, you normally you would roast your, you would toss your yeah, vegetables in a fat. Yeah. They're, they're not using it. It's oil free. So, oil free people. So
1: they're just roasting it without anything and it's yeah. not, it's like okay.
0: I guess, I mean, it's
1: definitely, It's it.
0: I'm not making it up.
1: Okay, no, yeah. I have heard of it. So that's my prediction. All right, so we're gonna go into the question or questions, what do we got today? All right, Jim, I've got two questions. Two questions, okay. This first question comes from Brian. Jim, have you heard Gordon Ramsay has his own line of frozen meals? He's got Wellington bites, fish and chips, shepherd's pie lasagna, and a few others. Will you try them and would you consider doing a- rating video on I'm them.
0: Not Brian, I am not going to try them. They're going to stink. And it's, <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He can make his own cat food. And, you know, people Bobby will buy Bobby
1: Floyd it. makes his own cat food.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> the two of them, the, you know. It's not going to hurt his brand. Nothing will hurt him. He's invincible. I mean, not not that I'm wishing that anything happens to him either. I'm sure he's a great guy, you know?
1: So you wouldn't do a taste testing video of some of your No, it's
0: just not my type of content, Brian. I do think, though, that there'll be hundreds of people on TikTok and Instagram and probably YouTube, too, who will do the taste test of that type of food. So, I would
1: like to try the Wellington Bites.
0: The Wellington <laughs> Bites, I think, will be horrible. I think the shepherd's pie will be good. The shepherd's pie can definitely... Shepherd's pie is good when it's frozen.
1: Guess what you might be getting for Christmas.
0: <laughs> Get like a, she's going like to load up my <laughs> stocking a, with Gordon Ramsay Bites. I
1: a palette of Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> <Rizzi's> frozen <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Where I
0: think the issue is, for me, I always say it with Rayos, And it's Rayos, It's not Rouse. Get that out of your head. Never call it rouse. You sound ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Rayos. Why are you so harsh? Because people will say, they'll be like, it's rouse. They will
1: always say that. So that's- It doesn't matter. I know. That's not how matter. the restaurant pronounces it, yeah. but other people can pronounce it that way. Yeah, but the, if it's the restaurant,
0: it's, the, it's what the restaurant says is what goes. It's their restaurant. Okay. But anyway, people think that- when they buy a jar of Rayo sauce, they think they're stepping foot into Rayo's in Harlem and having sauce with Frank Sinatra or whoever else, you know, used to go there. And it's just not the case. You're just having jarred sauce that's made in a factory. By the way, next to all the other jarred sauces, they're all made in the same factory. Okay, they just get a different label cap on there. And that's kind of what the Gordon Ramsay stuff is going to be. You are not going to be at one of his... He's not the
1: one making. Them. Yeah, he's
0: not slaving over like his. Uh, what are they called? Bites.
1: Wellington. Wellington
0: bites. bites. I love that. I love the name Wellington bites. It's very catchy. Maybe
1: you should do a video on how to make Wellington bites.
0: Well, I know
1: it's actually a good idea. Yeah. All right. This question comes from Bob, also known as Uncle Bob. Okay, Uncle Bob. Bob, Bob is one of the our regulars oh, who okay. emails us. So, Bob said. You reference Italian grocery stores, delis, and pork stores, and how unique they are to where you live. Most of the country probably have never experienced what they are like. What about a field trip so people can see what you are talking about? It's a good question, Bob. I
0: wish I was more outgoing in general public, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. not. And it's, you know, doing that, I got to set it up probably with the owners, or I'd have to get there at like 7 a.m. And- they'll probably be grouchy. You know, then if I tell them it's like, oh, I got 800,000 subs on my YouTube, then they're going to be like, it won't be natural. Then they're going to be like, oh yeah, can you help me out here and all this? And that's not what I want. Like, I don't want it to be like a transactional thing.
1: I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to tee up the fact that you're going there. I think you can just bring your cell phone in there and, and Take some shots. Even when
0: I do that, it's like I feel like everybody's looking at me.
1: No one's looking at you.
0: They are. They are. Now, the other day, Bob, I did – at Uncle Giuseppe's, Tara and I went early, uh, which – Uncle Giuseppe's is this big supermarket. It's a full-size supermarket that's for Italian ingredients, hence the name Uncle Giuseppe's. It's – they also have like a sushi chef when you walk in, which is kind (laughs) of weird. But – but it's Long Island, you know, that's what, that's what your typical Italian food eater wants. They want to have a little bit of sushi there, too. And, you know, we, we, I filmed there early in the day, like the cheese section. I put it on the Instagram story. And by the way, if you ever want to see stuff like that, we'll always just be on Instagram. And if you're not following Instagram, it's Sip and Feast. Instagram, Sip and Feast. We should do it, though, Bob. We really should. What do yeah. you think, Tara?
1: I, I told Bob in my response to him, that I've mentioned this to you a few times that I think we should do it. I think it's a good idea to just bring people along show them what a pork store is. I don't think it needs to be mass produced. I think we can just go in there with our phone and just shoot around. And I don't then, think we show Uncle Giuseppe's. No, I would show A&S. A- a- so a and yeah, s- that's s To me, that's like a true pork store. A&S is a true
0: pork store. It's a little far from where we are now, where we where we currently live. There are a couple of places in... Uh, the center reach area, too. I've not
1: been to any of those pork stores, though. The one for A- 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 S-
0: Fratelli's is, comes to mind.
1: Yeah. A&S is the one. I grew up in Farmingdale. A&S is in Massapequa. So that's the pork store that I know. And that's where, when we lived in Farmingdale, we well, would yeah, go and, there. And it was
0: actually one in the other direction, too, on uh, like Huntington, uh Huntington, Route, Route 110. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so there's more stuff in Nassau than than uh, where we are in Suffolk. But no, Bob, we'll we'll definitely uh we'll definitely think about it. So that's it for today. Leave your questions at podcast at sippinfeast.com. do you have anything else to say before we leave?
1: If you could, if you're listening through Apple or Spotify and you want to leave us a rating. That would be great. It really helps us out.
0: Yeah, a five star rating. Not a, yeah, no. Not, don't yeah.
1: <laughs> come on. Yeah, Tara. don't help us out by giving us a one star and yeah. saying yeah. Jim talks too much. Yeah, leave us a rating. Although I've been considering doing that myself. I don't think it does anything for for
0: like to help a podcast. I'm not sure if it does. I think you Apple goes more off of uh, subscribers. So that's if you get if you have subscribers. So mm-hmm. the more important thing would be if you're not subscribed yet to this podcast to subscribe to it, turn on mm-hmm. notifications so you will get um, notified right when it comes out. We might be changing the podcast date, release date to Sunday night. That's the, Effectively, that's not gonna change the listening for, for you because if we put it out at 12 o'clock on, you know, or 12 a.m. Uh, Monday morning, we just want that notification to be there. So it'll be on your phone when you're driving to work in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready, so- something like that. Yeah. Effectively, though, it'll still be Monday morning for you.
1: That's right. Yeah. But thank you. And if you made it to the end, we wish you a Merry Christmas and hope you have a wonderful day, week, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we'll see you in the new year.